Hi, it's Stuart Taylor. I just wanted to take this opportunity to let you know about Guy McLean, who this week I've interviewed for the Future Champions podcast. Guy McLean is a two-time world champion horseman and an incredible Australian. During our interview, we talked about one of the poems that Guy McLean wrote and recited at one of his performances. It touched me then, but considering the plight of many Australians with the bushfires, it has even more significance. So I thought I'd take this opportunity and share it with you today. So here it is, Guy McLean. So in 2003, there was big firestorms up in that country and I was just racing across mountains and hills and, and we'd heard about it a little bit on the TV. Because of the, you were hearing so much more about stuff now and we're saying how bad it is, but I don't think we ever heard as bad as much. I don't remember all of the bad stuff in the past being as, as well documented as it is now. But we definitely heard about the firestorms in 2003 there. And so I'm at a, a competition, a Dalgetty Snow River Festival competition, and um, Kerry Wellsmore's wife, Cecilia, was there running the event and putting on a wonderful effort where they tried to find an, another man from Snow River champion to, that encapsulates all of the, the qualities of the man from Snow River. And so the husband's there doing other things, and she says, I want you to meet my husband. He, we think it's good enough to be in a poem. We like what you do. do you, can you write a poem about his story? So I said, yeah, I'll sit and have a talk to him about it. And he was really strong, you know, big, strong handshake and look in the eye. And you'd swear this man would never cry. He just he was an epitome of a great stockman and a great mountain man. And he starts to get into talking about, you know, having to let his horses go and take the bridle and saddle off and maybe never see him again. Big chance they could run into the fire and die. But he, he had to do it because he had his kids waiting at home and his brother had kids. I had his, his brother's son actually come up to me six months ago at a show over here and goes, that's the first time I've heard that poem recited. I don't live with my dad anymore, but he's my hero and I loved loved you doing the poem. Thank you so much. So that it's an incredible thing because The Man from Snow River is a great story. Man, it's awesome. But some say it's true. Some say Banjo thought of it. You know, it's an incredible story regardless. Everything that's in this poem happened. You know, his mother-in-law wrote wrote it down for a newspaper and I put it to, to rhyme. And I I changed a, a few little things with the infliction and I asked questions of, of um, Kerry to make sure that it was right. But him, his, his brother-in-law paying to his brother who'd passed away happened. He's thinking about his wife and kids, sure that he's never going to see him again, sure that it's his last moment. He sees a, a glimpse of open land up ahead and then this big wall of fire just turns around and blocks it. So they've got to turn around and race back through the flames they've come from. The horses did three days later. They they were on a on a pasture side, you know, calling out, and so they went and got and they still had their saddles on. Oh, well, sorry, they had the bridles and saddles off. They took them off and they reclaimed them. But the it was just a, an amazing thing. And you know, one had bad smoke inhalation, but they they all sort of got through it okay. Horses are so resilient; they would have known how to get to to, to good ground. And it was just amazing. And this powerful man was just reduced to tears. He thought for sure he was a goner that day. And but the resilience in him and the effort, he said, we, we, and as far as endurance and that an athlete of you reaching down deeper, they were so worn out at the end of it, they couldn't stand, but they just had no give up in them until they got to where they needed to get. Incredible. The Snowy River Mountains are home to splendid tales of skilled and daring riding that would leave your features pale. Are they folklore? Are they legend? Or just old stockman's lies? Is there truth behind these stories played out neath starlit skies? Did the man from Snowy River really take that dare and leap? Or was it just a vision? Come to Banjo in his sleep. Do the stockmen know that country like the back of their own hand? 
Do they bond with horse so strongly that as one they roam the land? Does disaster or an urgency bring a hero into sight? Does a scrap for life and death cause a noble heart to fight? When the snowy river mountains were caught alight in flames, the title of a hero was waiting to be claimed. And many stood to challenge the flames and daunting plight, firefighters, tireless workers, toiling boldly day and night. The fire had swept the mountains, no ridge, no plain untouched. Local owners stood between the fire and land they loved so much. Bulldozers called for fire breaks, they would need an escort through. Two mountain men on horses forged ahead. They never knew that the fire would catch a headwind and turn with power to stun. The dozers ploughed through blistering flames, but men and horses trapped must run. Kerry Wellsmore on the chestnut, brother-in-law Mark upon the bay. With the race that stood before them, they wished they'd fed them oats, not hay. Their only chance outrun it, though the flames would scold and singe, they must race through devil's cold and with a prize of life to win. Kerry's home was in these mountains. Skill with horses, in his blood, but a wave of fear and panic swamped his mind and soul like flood. From a child these tracks he'd ridden, each one he knew so well, but they now bore close resemblance to the fiery depths of hell. They were galloping together, Kerry urged Mark by his side. We must make it to a clearing. Ride, mate. Bloody ride. The horses had to be frightened, what with chaos all around, but they lay their ears to proud, bold necks and powered over ground that was treacherous in daylight when the path ahead was clear. Now they galloped through a wall of smoke, through bush alive with fear. For kangaroos and wallabies, coats singed and half alight, bounced into Mark and Kerry. They were wild and blind with fright. The wind was playing havoc. The fire swept and swayed. But in all of this commotion, both men made time to pray. Mark beckoned to his brother, who three years ago had died. Stay with me now. Beside me. Help me finish out this ride. Kerry, too, had thoughts of loved ones, two small boys and darling wife. Did they know how much he loved them? How they all fulfilled his life? Would he ever see the dawning of a new day with his clan? Or would his body fuel the fire as it rampaged, bucked and ran? They were jumping fallen timber, barbed wire fences, broken ground. The pounding of their hearts was drowning out all other sounds. Kerry noticed in the distance a glimpse of open land. But the fire swept around them like a huge volcanic hand, blocking path and blocking freedom. No way out to stay meant die. So they turned their steeds to whence they came and let their horses fly, retracing burnt and broken ground, flames leaping at their skin. Both man and horse exhausted, but neither would give in. Kerry headed for the water that he knew would save their lives. But he had to fight a feeling that cut his heart like knives. The creek lay behind two ridges, just one kilometre away. Too steep for tired horses, Doc and Bobby had to stay. They removed bridles and saddles, one last stroke before they fled. Kerry thanked them for their bravery, for the heart and soul they bled. Both men headed for the ridges, for the safety of sheer rock, but they saw what lay before them and they both near died a shock. Three hundred vertical metres, with fire behind them on attack. They slid and rolled to safety on blistered legs and bruising backs. They dove into the water for liquid fuel intake and shared this blessed billabong with lizards, birds and snakes. Their loved ones on the lookout, they prayed for their return. 
They knew Kerry knew the mountains and were sure they hadn't burned. The chopper got their signal and rescued them at dawn. They were fed a hero's breakfast. Yet both men still looked forlorn to leave their horses stranded, all alone to flee the flames, would torment the men forever. There was no fault to claim. They'd searched for three long days, but horses vanished in the smoke. The charcoal smouldering land had wrapped them up within its cloak. Kerry, saddened by their missing, dropped down to bended knees. Then a whinny from his comrades came afloating on the breeze. They'd escaped the fire's fury to a neighbour's pasted flat. Kerry rose to greet the heroes that brought he and brother back from the jaws of fiery death. They cheated and they'd won. Both men stood beside their horses on the mountain neath the sun. So is this tale of bravery just another myth been made? Or did it really happen and a legend's path been paved? Or both men lived to tell the story and I'll tell the truth with pride of how they raced the devil's beast and how they won the ride.